You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Hi, this is Pastor Chris Tyen from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. And I'm so glad that you've taken some time with me today. I want to encourage you from Psalm 23. This is our sixth Church at Home Sunday as we've been locked down for the coronavirus, COVID-19. And we're supposed to stay at home until at least next Sunday night, May 4th. So on our website, we have links to kids ministry resources for what would be kids church and normal church at riverrockchurch.com watch. If you'd like to share your prayer requests, uh, prayer needs, praises, uh, things like that with us, you can go to riverrockchurch.com watch. If you'd like to um, support us and help us to keep going, uh, you can give to riverrockchurch.com give or send your offering to P.O. Box 184, Belle Plaine, Minnesota, 56011. If you'd like to communicate more with us on a private Facebook group, we've opened a new one. My River Rock is a private Facebook group that you can request to become part of. We would love to have you. So let me pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you've given us this opportunity today. Thank you that you've given us technology and a freedom to worship. I pray that you would bring us a cure for the coronavirus. I pray for healing and help and provision and for jobs to be restored and for people to be provided with all that they need. Lord, we pray that the kids can head back to school. We pray that the uh, people will head back to work. We pray that the churches will open again and we'll all be able to gather as a large group. I pray that we would be able to go to large events like Christian concerts and things like that, um, sporting events, things that uh, you have blessed us with in the past. We pray for your healing. We pray for your help. We pray that you would help us in every way and that your Holy Spirit would speak to me in these few minutes that I have today. Lord, we ask us all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we know that Psalm 23 is one of the most well-known Bible chapters in the uh, most memorized uh, in the Bible. Uh, Just about everybody knows Psalm 23. So today, to uh, um, help you expand your thinking, to help you expand your mind when it comes to Psalm 23, I'll be using the New Living Translation. So Psalm 23, a Psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. I talked about that last week, the Lord being our shepherd, and um, Jesus is the good shepherd. He needs to become our shepherd. Can you say, Jesus is my shepherd? Is Jesus your shepherd? Have you ever come into a point in your life where you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or are you still somewhere along the way? Are you listening for the shepherd's voice? Are you ready to follow it? Are you looking into the Bible? That's how God speaks to us, through His Word. The Holy Spirit helps us understand His Word. Are you uh, following after the shepherd? Can you say, the Lord is my shepherd? David said, the Lord is my shepherd, not the shepherd, my shepherd. He is a good, caring, and loving shepherd. And hopefully we are good sheep. So have you ever come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? The Bible says that we're all separated from God, that you and I are not in right standing with God. As a matter of fact, God is not even our Father. We are not children of God unless we've been adopted into His family through what Jesus Christ has made possible to as many as received Him. To those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. So that means that they weren't children of God already. Some people are like, oh, we're all God's children. No, we're all God's creation. But if you come into a personal relationship 
with the Lord through what Jesus did on the cross, through his dying for our sin and rising again. Someday he's going to return. If you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for your Savior, if you've been born again, then you've received the Holy Spirit and you are adopted as a child of God. And then the Lord can be your shepherd. A good way to do that is to acknowledge that to the Lord. Uh, Pray something like this, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and that I have sinned against you and that sin separates me from the relationship I can have from with you, the relationship I can have with you. Please forgive me of my sin and to come into my life and save me and make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. And that allows you to enter into this conversation with me about the Lord being our shepherd, my shepherd, your shepherd, and hopefully we are good sheep, not rebellious sheep, not sheep always wandering off, not sheep looking for trouble, not sheep eating things that we shouldn't eat, though. Um, You know, it is kind of interesting when you're locked down in your house, how many things you can eat. I was reading somebody wrote that they had eaten 12 times and taken three naps, and it was still daylight out. But I have not been like that. I've got plenty to do. So uh, definitely not bored uh, with the lockdown. It just means I can't go as many places. Anyway, is the Lord your shepherd? Are you ready to listen for his voice and to follow his lead? Are you asking him to provide for your needs? Are you asking him through prayer? Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is asking. Uh, I talked about this last week, so you can listen to last week's sermon. I think it's still on YouTube and Facebook. Verse 2, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. And we need rest. So many of us need rest. Green pastures speak of God providing sustenance. Uh, God may literally make us lie down in order to get us to slow down and draw strength from him. You know, it's very possible. It's very possible that what we're going through right now might be God saying, hey, time out. Everybody just, just stop. You're going too fast. Everybody's racing around. Everybody's doing all this stuff, thinking that they're in total control, making spaceships to go to Mars, uh, canceling church to have sports and doing all these things and all that's getting changed around now. But could it be that we need to time out to set our priorities in order, to get right with the Lord, to be doing the things that God wants us to do so that we're in his plan? I would much rather be in a worldwide much rather be in a worldwide crisis and find ourselves in the will of God and following after him and uh, living life the way he planned than to be totally comfortable, no crisis at all, and then just totally forget about God and do all of these things that uh, pull us away from God, distract us from God. Won't want to do that. That is not a way to live. The green pastures is where the Good Shepherd helps us to stay, to to be. Uh, Green pastures speak of sustenance. God may literally make us lie down in order to get us to slow down and draw strength from Him. Our green pasture might be a hospital bed sometimes. You know, the Bible says that we should be still and know He is God sometimes when uh, we find ourselves that way. Hopefully that won't happen for any of us. We pray for you to enjoy divine health and to not be distracted by sickness as we are trying to help others and get through the difficulties of this life. But hopefully we'll learn in whatever circumstance we are in to rest in Him. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You know, even God took a day of rest, and we can't keep going seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year without rest. We need to stop and take a break. We need to stop and take a breath. You know, sometimes, though, people go, oh, rest, and then that's like, oh, well, rest is getting on the boat, or rest is heading up to the cabin, or rest is not resting. 
so many people have cabins and they go up to the cabin and what do they do when they get to the cabin? They work on the cabin. That's not rest. Or they get the boat in the lake and then they go around in the boat and they go fishing and then they get the boat back and they put the boat on their trailer and then they pick all the weeds off so they don't get fined thousands of dollars by the DNR. So uh, what if rest isn't just a nap and binge watching TV or playing video games all day? What if rest is like taking a nap and then spending time with the Lord? What if rest is taking a break and just resting? Maybe not, uh, like I said, binge watching on TV. Maybe it's a rest from the news. My goodness, if you read the news all the time, you'll really be depressed. And then sometimes like the news stories conflict each other, especially when it comes to this virus. Maybe rest is getting outside and enjoying God's creation. Um, resting in the Lord is realizing that through Jesus, our salvation has been paid for and covered, so we don't have to work our way into a right relationship with God. Instead, the work has already been done, so since we are saved, we'll want to do good works as a result of that. So it's not us striving to be made right with God, it's us um, living in a relationship and wanting to serve out of the love that He has for us. Uh, Titus 3, 5 and 6. Uh, says he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. The good shepherd seeks fresh green meadow and refreshing waters for us. He cares for us. The hired hand is an uncaring shepherd who just does the minimum that uh, he or she can do to uh, keep the sheep alive. So the good shepherd goes out of his way to find green pastures and good things and good food and good water. Uh, the uncaring shepherd says, I don't care, water's water. The good shepherd realizes that sheep are afraid of rushing water, so sometimes they'll uh, pool up the water. They'll like take logs or rocks and they'll make a little pool uh, next to the uh, rushing waters and uh, a place for the sheep to drink where they feel safe and more secure and they're not in danger of getting sucked into the river. You know, sheep, when they have all that wool, that stuff gets wet, not good for the sheep. So I can understand why they would be concerned. You know, some of us aren't really invested in what we're doing. Uh, some people go to church because they think they have to go to church. Other people go to church because they realize it's the place to worship the Lord and serve the Lord and fellowship with other believers. And we're told that we're not supposed to forsake gathering together. And it's just such a joyous time to get together to worship. Other times, um, people show up and they're like, yeah, well, I put in my, I put in my hour. I can, I can leave now and go do whatever I want. Um, church should be a joyous place, a fun place, a place where you and your family want to go. Hopefully that's true with our church. But other people aren't invested. I remember many years ago, I was working at a company in marketing. We had all these sales folders we were making up, assembling to send out to introduce a new product. So we hired some temporary workers. And I remember this lady was sitting at the table and she's supposed to be assembling these folders. And the thought in my mind was when you run out of materials, you say, oh, excuse me, I've run out of materials. Uh, could you get me some more so I can keep going? But every time this lady ran out of materials, she wouldn't say a word. She would just pull the book out of her purse and start reading her book. Like, seriously, lady, come on, do the work. Let's be invested here. Let's be excited we get to introduce a new product and you get to work here and get paid by the hour. Yay for all of us. But she wasn't invested. She just did what she was going to do. So you know what happened the next day? We didn't ask her back. Anyway, rest might be a nap. It might be 
a time where we spend time in God's Word. You know, when sheep, uh, from what I understand, I've been learning a lot about sheep. Uh, when sheep get spooked in the, in the nighttime, often they won't go back to sleep. Often they'll like get up, stand up, and then they'll be afraid. Sometimes the shepherd has to go out and sit with them or lay with them and uh, help them to feel comfortable and secure and protected so they can go back to sleep. And maybe that is the way with us. You know, maybe rest might need a nap, and then when we're refreshed, we get up and we spend some time with the shepherd. We spend some time with Jesus. That would be a good way to rest, and we should do that. So, um, Jesus leads us, if we'll let him, besides still waters of or waters of refreshment. So, uh, in the Hebrew, the word lead uh, not means not only to lead, but to refresh, to lead with care, to cause to be at rest. And this is what the Lord does for us. The shepherd leads his sheep by still or stilled waters. So not still like a swamp full of bugs. That's not good for the sheep, but good water. Um, I was reading that sheep are 70% water. And if they are thirsty, they need good water to quench their thirst. Or they'll end up drinking at polluted water holes containing parasites. And the uh, uh, commentary said, silver dew upon the pasture is a beautiful picture of still water. If heavy dew is on the grass and it's not too hot, sheep can go for months without drinking. I read that and I thought to myself, you know, in my mind, uh, you work, you get a paycheck, you, um, that's the way that you provide for yourself. But actually for the Christian, that is a way that God can provide for you. But he can also provide for you in other ways. Uh, he promises to provide for us, providing our needs. So if you are out of work, if you don't know what the future holds when it comes to your job, uh, trust that God will provide in other ways. That company that you work for might not be God's provision for your paycheck, but he might have other resources in mind and you might be able to extend uh, the resources that you have to help them last even longer than uh, you thought. But I just thought that was interesting. So if there's enough dew on the grass, the sheep don't even have to go to a watering hole because they're getting most of their moisture off the wet grass, off the heavy dew on the grass. And I thought that was really interesting and encouraging. Uh, in the commentary, it also said that sheep are also easily spooked by fast-moving streams and are hesitant to drink at them. The shepherd will sometimes slow the current or create pools of water by damming up the stream. He will still or calm the waters. We too get spooked when life gets moving too fast for us. The Lord can calm us down and give us rest when this happens. Is life going fast enough for you? I mean, on one hand, there are people that um, aren't uh, able to go to work, and there's other people that are working way more than they had to. Uh, some of the pastors I've been talking to are like, this is crazy. I used to spend a bunch of time trying to write my sermon, and now I have to not only come up with a sermon, but I have to video produce it and get it online and get the people to watch the online message and do all these other things they didn't have to do before. And it's not like we have more staff people to do it. As a matter of fact, with giving down and uh, people not giving as much, or maybe it's because they don't have jobs or they're just holding out, they are uh, having to cut back staff at some churches and don't have the resources or help to get things done. Um, we are all working very hard. Some people uh, are able to take a break. But uh, when you think about it, if you've got a stay-at-home order, that means you're supposed to stay at home, right? Unless you go to the store, unless you go to the hardware store for your home improvement projects, unless you go to the doctor, but nobody wants to go to the doctor because you might get sick at the doctor. 
Weird thought, huh? But anyway, uh, rest is really important. So uh, we're supposed to stay at home and the kids are supposed to do school at home. And so a lot of people are supposed to do work at home and it's hard to get away from all the work. How do you rest from all the work when it's piled up on your kitchen counter? It's like, it's not going anywhere and neither are you. And then with all these online meetings and everything, it's like everybody, well, many people, uh, their attention is being constantly uh, drawn to to work, to, to schoolwork, to the news, to all of these different things. So uh, we need to find rest. For those of you that are quarantined at home with the kids, you might really need a break. Uh, fortunately, God has made children to need a lot of rest. Uh, hopefully more rest than you, but um, uh, I suggest nap time and reading time and earlier bedtime. I've talked to parents in the past who said, oh, we're, just, we're just so worn out from our children. Our small children are just wearing us out. We never have any time as a husband and wife together uh, because of the children. It's like, what time do the children go to bed? Oh, they go to bed when we do. What time do you go to bed? 10.30. It's like uh, little Johnny and little Sally do not need to stay up until 1030. You could put little, you could put them to bed literally like at eight and then have like two hours to yourself after they finally go to sleep. So anyway, uh, set goals, make a schedule, take breaks. Matter of fact, set goals and celebrate your accomplishments. That's one thing that I'm doing. I feel like a little kid because it's really nice outside. And I know that as soon as I get this sermon online, I can go outside and play. I'm hoping to go ride my bike. Anyway, um, more about sheep, what I've been learning about sheep. Um, it's almost impossible to get sheep to lie down and rest if they are having problems with other sheep. So we need to get the sheep to quit uh, harassing each other and to get along. The sheep need to be free of parasites and flies. Uh, just like us, we must be free of bad sinful habits that drain our spiritual growth. Um, we need to get along with other Christians. We need to um, be um, free of trouble with uh, the other people in the church, with other people around, with other people in our house. Sheep must be free of hunger pain. If they are hungry, they will have, they're not going to lie down. They're not going to rest. And if we're spiritually hungry, we might find ourselves unable to rest. We might find ourselves spiritually hungry. So we need to get in God's Word. We need to do all that we can to keep growing in the Lord. You know, this quarantine, this time at home could go two ways for you. It could either draw you closer to the Lord, or you could totally, like, just walk away from the Lord. You could say, well, how can I trust you, God, when my life's not perfectly comfortable anymore? I'm laid off. I've got this difficulty. I don't have a school to send my kids to. All these difficulties. And you um, could be disappointed with God. Many times when somebody dies, people become disappointed with God. But the other way to go is to pursue God in the midst of this, to uh, seek your rest in Him, to trust and have confidence that He's going to provide it, that He's going to help, and that He is going to help you, help us get through this. We need to trust. We need to spend each day with Jesus. Jesus is the one who provides a release from our anxieties. A flock that is restless, discontented, always agitated and disturbed, never does well. It's the presence of the shepherd that quiets down the sheep and stops their fighting. Spending time in God's presence by studying God's word and praying will calm you down too. So are you, what are you anxious about? What are the things that are you most concerned about? Have you prayed about those things? 
Have you talked to God about those things? Has he given you any verses to give you comfort and help in the midst of that? Think about that. Go look in your Bible and find some verses that give you hope and assurance. And if you can't find any, send me a text or an email and I will help you find some. All right, verse 3, he renews my strength and he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And we need strength. Matter of fact, um, all of the stress that we're going through could cause us to feel very weak. Uh, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And that's strength to do his will, strength to do the things that he has planned, the things that are according to his purposes. So as we are abiding in our Savior, as we are... Uh, walking in the in the word and with the lord uh, we can trust that god will provide the strength that we need but all of this uncertainty is wearing us out so many of us are no longer in control of our future uh, some of you built up businesses that you're now kept from working at so you maybe have a hair salon or maybe you have uh, other types of businesses and things are going really good you have a really uh, low margin and really uh, you don't know what you're going to do if you can't go to work or you can't open the business for a month or two months or, or whatever. And it is difficult and it is hard. You used to think that if I worked hard and did what I needed to do, I would be successful and be able to provide for myself. But now uh, we're kept from working, serving, selling because of a virus fear of, of social distancing. And for many of us, fear is causing us to crumble under the stress. Pray for strength. Be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. The Holy Spirit can empower and energize you to accomplish God's will for your life. <clears throat> you know, I worked full-time. I, uh, I have a wife and kids and dogs. I was taking Bible colleges from uh, two different schools. I was a volunteer youth pastor at church. And Wednesday nights, I would drive into the parking lot to... Uh, serve with the junior and senior high ministry and I would be so tired. I would like have no strength, no energy and I'd be out in the parking lot. I'd be praying, Lord, I'm too tired. I'm too worn out for this. Please give me strength. And every time the Holy Spirit did, empowered and enabled me and it was a good night. The Holy Spirit always came through. So he guides me. I look back and I see how faithful the Lord has been in my life. I look to the future and it's hard to see ahead. It's hard to see what the future is ahead. It's hard to see how we even make things work into the future. I mean, does this virus, does it just go away? Is there a cure? Will we get an immunity to it? It's like you hear on the news or these scientists or doctors and they're all saying different things. It could be really depressing. I heard about sheep that it is hard for sheep to see more than 18 feet ahead of them. They prefer to follow each other, sometimes off of cliffs, and they aren't equipped to defend themselves very well. They're not very aware of the dangers around them. And if left to themselves, they will stay in the same pasture that fills up with uh, pests and disease and walk through the same trails until they're deep ruts. I think we do that sometimes too. I think sometimes we just be comfortable to stay in the same pasture, digging ourselves a rut, doing the same thing, all of our lives, unless the Good Shepherd changes some things up. I'd read that the sheep get really excited when they get moved into a new pasture full of lush green grass for them to eat. And I think that maybe this thing that we're going through, maybe this difficult time that we're going through, might be the Lord changing up the scenery for us to be in a new pasture. Maybe 
maybe your um, the place, your location where you live and your destination where you work, maybe that's not going to change, but maybe you're going to change. Maybe the way you see life is going to change. Maybe the way that you see your security is going to change. Maybe you'll be much closer to the Lord as a result of this. And as you're spending the rest of eternity with Jesus, you'll look back on these days as some of the best times ever. I want to tell you a little story about Franklin Graham. You know, Samaritan's Purse, Operation Christmas Child, Billy Graham's son. That ministry's done a lot to help others in need. Many people hear about Jesus and get saved at their events. But obviously God had plans for Franklin Graham and protected him in an amazing way, even back in 1971 when he was learning how to fly a plane. Let me read this story to you. For his name's sake, God cares for us. Here's another example of God's care and guidance. In the spring of 1971, in Vero Beach, Florida, Franklin Graham and his flight instructor were flying back to Longview, Texas. While en route, they learned of thunderstorm activity and decided to change their route home, which would take them north to Jackson and then west to Longview. As they neared Jackson, their generator failed, leaving them without lights in the plane, without navigation or a radio. They decided to descend out of the clouds and land at Jackson. The tower was not radar equipped. Without a radio, they could not contact the airport tower. But as they approached, the runway lights went on to full brilliance. The strobes flashed and a green light signaled them to land. How did the tower know they were coming in to land? It was not until four years later they found out what happened. A control tower operator had taken two guests to see how the system functioned at the airport. He took a tricolored flash gun, turned on the red and white lights inside the tower, but for some reason held the gun outside the window when he demonstrated the green light of the flash gun. This would give clearance to any pilot attempting to land. He then demonstrated the runway lights until they reached the state of high intensity. This would pierce through the fog and clouds for emergency landings. When a co-worker then mentioned that an unlighted plane was coming in, the operator said, there isn't a plane in the air within 50 miles of us. Franklin and his instructor then landed the plane. The operator thought he was just giving a demonstration of how the airport functioned, but God in his mercy and power had other plans to take care of Franklin and his flight instructor, literally giving them guidance they needed to land the plane. God provided in an amazing way. And God can provide for us. God can lead us to better pastures. God can provide for us, even through the dew on the grass instead of the stream or pool that we would expect to drink at. But we need guidance. We need a shepherd to guide us along the right paths. So let me ask you a question. Are people glorifying Jesus because of the way that your life has changed? Are people glorifying Jesus because of the way that you help others, the way you help others grow in Christ, the way that you're an encouragement to them in their faith, in person, online? You know, in 2 Corinthians 9, where it talks about how God loves cheerful givers. It also says that God will provide more for the givers, for us givers, and our giving will cause people to praise the Lord. You know, in the Old Testament, we learn about tithing, and in the New Testament, Jesus didn't stand against tithing. But giving is an act of worship. Now, we're not forced to give 10%. Uh, some may give less, and many will give more. Uh, but if you've ever committed 
to, uh, if you've ever, ever made a deal with the Lord, have you ever done that before? I've heard of people that have, you know, promised to become missionaries if God heals them and uh, things like that. But uh, there was a time when I needed something from the Lord. I needed a particular job and I promised, I said, so if you give me this opportunity and you give me that paycheck, I promise to tithe. And therefore, as a result of that commitment and covenant, I need to honor that. So I tithe. And I have never felt that God has not provided in amazing ways. I have never felt that it was a waste of money or a waste of time. I've always felt that I come out ahead when I put God first and that my faithful giving is noticed by the Lord as an act of worship. And as a pastor, I want to encourage you to do that too, not just because it helps our church stay alive, but because it is a great way to live your life. If you are holding on to every penny and holding on to every dime, thinking the world is going to end and at least you'll have enough to buy a loaf of bread, I would encourage you to trust God to provide in amazing ways. And as you give a portion of your first fruits back to the Lord, to expect Him to provide all that you need. Because the Bible says that as we seek Him first, His kingdom and His righteousness, He'll provide everything that we need. And you can give, riverrockchurch.com slash give, uh, many different ways to give. You can give by text. You can give to PO Box 184 too, 184 also. But I just want to encourage you in a time where everybody might say, you know, I can't afford to give back to God. I can't trust anybody but myself. Um, you can trust God way more than you can trust yourself. All right, verse four, even when I walk through the darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. So what's your darkest valley? I mean, obviously this is, you know, we always think about, oh, we're about to die. Uh, you know, we're on the life support system and uh, the, our days are numbered. Our days are done. It's time to go meet Jesus. But what is your darkest valley? I mean, think about it. The darkest valley you've been through so far. There's a question. What's the darkest valley you've been through so far? Is it unemployment, sickness, loneliness, bankruptcy, divorce, loss of child or spouse? The valley of the shadow of death, those near-death experiences, the transition of dying in this world to be fully alive with Jesus for all eternity. If we're walking with Jesus, we know he will get us through. I read something interesting about uh, shepherd's staff and the, the crook, that little section in the the top of the staff that can pull the sheep back, uh, that can protect them from danger. The shepherd can pull us back and keep us from danger. And the other end can smack the sheep in the butt and get the sheep moving. And sometimes when they don't want to go, when they're going too slow, when uh, they're not in a place they need to be. And uh, yes, kids, I said, but I know you're laughing about that right now. So, but I also read that occasionally a shepherd would hit the leg of a lamb that kept running off, sometimes breaking a leg and then putting on a splint to teach the lamb to stay near the shepherd. Kind of sounds like the Lord's discipline in Hebrews chapter 12. You know, the Lord is quick to restore. Uh, the Lord restored David when he sinned with Bathsheba. The Lord restored Peter when he denied Jesus. The Lord restored Jonah when he ran away from God's special mission. The Lord restored Samson at the end of his life to give him strength to destroy his enemy, the Philistines. He has restored so many people who have fallen into sin, fallen away from the Lord's will, gotten off the wrong path, uh, been the one sheep that went astray. 20th century American pastor Robert T. Ketchum was functionally blind for most of his ministry. In addition, his wife died of tuberculosis and left him with two young daughters. He wrote about the wounded sheep and was thankful for such a loving shepherd. 
There is something about this old sinful heart of mine that makes it necessary to have somebody up in heaven to keep it right. Every day and every hour and every moment, I have to have someone living for me and in me who can crucify every unholy thought, every unholy act, and keep me in a place of usableness before a holy God. That is exactly what we see him doing in Psalm 23. When it talks about the Lord's discipline, Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 6, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, and then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not given your lives in your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. God disciplines those whom he loves. And we need to be quick to change our ways when the Lord is disciplining us so that we can live a way that uh, pleases him, a way that is right, a way that he can bless. Verse 5 and 6. It's funny how fast time goes. I always sit here and think, I don't, what am I going to say for 30 minutes? And then it's like, oh, I probably said too much already. So anyway, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all of the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. We can trust that the Lord is going to guide and provide and bless us and help us in every way. His plans are good for us. And he, we will be able to look back, I think, and see how faithful God has been to show us His love. Your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And then when this life is over, I don't really know how we're going to die. Maybe we're going to die of old age. Maybe we'll die of persecution. Maybe we'll die in an accident. Maybe we'll die of a virus. Who knows how we'll die? God gave us life, and God knows how we are going to transition from this world to the next, but we should trust Him and be faithful. But um, again, I can't believe I'm out of time, but I want to share this poem with you before I go. Uh, It's one that I've read before. If you've been in the church for a while, you've probably heard it before. Um, I share it with people, and they love it, even people that don't necessarily ride bikes a lot. So The Road of Life by Tim Hansel. I found it in the book that he wrote called Holy Sweat. Uh, Tim is a guy that was in an accident and struggles with pain. And the book was about how he deals with glorifying God in the midst of constant pain. So here's the poem. At first, I saw God as my observer, my judge, keeping track of the things I did wrong so as to know whether I merited heaven or hell when I die. He was out there sort of like a president. I recognized his picture when I saw it, but I really didn't know him. But later, when I met Christ, it seemed as though life were rather like a bike ride, but it was a tandem bike and Christ was in the back helping me pedal. I don't know just when it was that he suggested that we change places, but life has not been the same since. When I had control, I knew the way. It was rather boring, but predictable. It was the shortest distance between two points. But when he took the lead, He knew delightful long cuts up mountains and through rocky places, and at breakneck speeds, it was all I could do to hang on. 
Even though it looked like madness, he said, Pedal! I worried and was anxious and asked, Where are you taking me? He laughed and did answer, and I started to learn to trust. I forgot my boring life and entered into the adventure. And when I'd say, I'm scared, he'd lean back and touch my hand. He took me to people with gifts that I needed, gifts of healing, acceptance, and joy. They gave me their gifts to take on my journey, our journey, my Lord and my Lord's and mine. And we are off again, he said. Give the gifts away, they're extra baggage, too much weight. So I did, to the people we met, and I found that in giving, I received, and still our burden was light. I did not trust him at first, in control of my life. I thought he'd wreck it, but he knows bike secrets, how to make it bend and to take sharp corners, jump to clear high rocks and to fly to short and scary passages. And I'm learning to shut up and pedal in the strangest places. I'm beginning to enjoy the view and the cool breezes on my face with my delightful constant companion, Christ. And when I'm sure I just can't do any more, he just smiles and says, Pedal! It's awesome. Anyway, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for the world still. You may go through difficulties and storms in life, but His goodness and unfailing love will pursue you all the days of your life. When this life is done, you will spend all eternity with the Lord. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.